I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles or on your electronic devices to the book of Colossians chapter 3. Today we want to continue our study of Colossians by looking at verses 12 through 17 and uh, talking about a new wardrobe. How many of you ladies in particular like to change your wardrobe? You've got to have a change once in a while, right? I, I do the same thing. I have a change of wardrobe. I have summer clothes. I have winter clothes. I have fat clothes. I have skinny clothes. And I've been through the whole gamut in the last couple of years. And I uh, kind of know what the Apostle Paul meant when he said that he knows uh, how to abound when he has plenty and when he has little because sometimes I have plenty of extra and sometimes I have little extra. The incredible changing pastor. Verses 5 through 11 last week of chapter 3, we looked at there are things that the Apostle Paul said that we should put off. In other words, it's like clothing. You take it off. And those things are qualities from our former way of life, the old way of living. And we are told in Scripture that, um, that we are to put those things off. And like in the book of Galatians, it's referred to the works of the flesh. And here he talks about that as things from your old way of life. And then verses 12 through 17, there are things that he says that we are to put on. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Would you read these verses with me, please? Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Paul says, change your clothes. Put off the behaviors and attitudes of your former way of life and put on these new behaviors. A question came to mind as I thought about the new wardrobe and changing it. Why? Why should we do this? What would be the motivation to put off the old way of life and put on the qualities of the new life? Uh, if we were all honest, we would say that when we came to Christ, there were things that we had really enjoyed from the former life that we kind of tend to want to hang on to. Certain attitudes, certain behaviors that we know may not be pleasing to the Lord, but, you know, we kind of enjoy that. And so we carry it into our new life with Christ, and uh, it gets complicated. I believe our text today gives us four motives uh, in terms of why should we be motivated to make this change in our lives. 
First is the grace of Christ, verses 12 through 14. Even though the word grace doesn't appear there, what he describes describes what grace is. Grace is favor demonstrated by God toward undeserving sinners. Favor demonstrated by God toward undeserving sinners. What favor has he demonstrated for us? Well, the first is he's, he chose us. Paul says, therefore, as God's chosen people. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, tell us that he chose us before he made the world. I was in his mind. Can you get your mind around that? It's kind of hard, isn't it? Before God created the world and the universe, he had a plan. And I was in his plan. And so were you. Paul says we are God's chosen people, and that is a demonstration of God's grace to us. And then in verse 12, he also says, Holy. The word holy means to be set apart. We find from the Bible that the word holy is applied not only to people, but to things. For instance, the things that were used in the worship of God in the Old Testament were seen as being holy. They were set apart as being special, having one use. And that use was the worship of, of Almighty God. They were set apart. Uh, and God says that people have been set apart. We have not only been chosen by God before the foundation of the world, we in His mind were set apart to serve Him, to be His people, to be a part of His church. Verses 19 and 20 from 1 Corinthians chapter 6 talk about this. It says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought as a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. God has set you apart and that is one of the demonstrations of his grace. And then we find in verse 12 also that he loves us. And we talked about that during communion. And we've just, we have just uh, sung about it. He says here, and dearly loved. Not just loved, but dearly loved. And I thought, thought that's kind of interesting. Dearly loved. To me, it just kind of has the idea of it, of, of just seeing someone as, as, as being extra special and, and, and loving them. And that's what Paul says, that's God's attitude toward us. We are dearly loved. We've already talked about that to some degree today. And then we find this, that God has forgiven us. Um, he tells us 
uh, down verses 13 and 14, that we should bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. He has forgiven us. We looked at other verses in Colossians that say that, that he forgave us all of our sins. Nailed them to the cross. Man, forgiveness is a wonderful thing. You know, on a human level, it goes two ways. When we are forgiven by someone that we, we have offended, that's a wonderful gift, isn't it? But also, when we are able to forgive someone, it, it's, there's a sense in which it, it frees us emotionally. Forgiving doesn't necessarily mean forgetting everything, but it means I choose not to make you pay for it. I choose not to exact an emotional price from you because you have done me wrong or you've done something wrong. And that's what true forgiveness is. You know, the Bible says that the Lord, as far as the east is from the west, so far has the Lord removed our transgressions from us. And also, he says, your sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Does that mean God has amnesia? No. It means he chooses not to keep bringing stuff up and hitting us over the head with it. Let's say a word to you here. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a Christian, you've committed your life to Jesus, you've trusted in his sacrifice for you, there will be a tendency in your life to be reminded from time to time of all your failures from the past. May I suggest to you, and not just suggest, but say on the authority of Scripture, that's not God suggesting those things, reminding you of those things. That's the work of Satan. He's the accuser of Christians. And when that thing comes up in your mind in a sense of condemnation, and you feel condemned for it, Remember, that's not the work of God. God has forgiven you, and God wants you to live in light of his forgiveness. Now, he says this, Therefore, because of the grace of Christ, that he's chosen you, set you apart, he loves you, and he's forgiven you, therefore, put on these new clothes, these new clothes this new set of clothing. We are motivated to put these things on because of the grace of Christ. And then he lists them for us. He says, first of all, is compassion. Verse 12. The second is kindness. The third is humility. The fourth is gentleness. The fifth is patience. And the sixth, I believe, is forgiveness when he says in verse 13, um, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. In Ephesians 4.32, says this about forgiveness, Being kind, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. 
And then in verse 14, we find another quality we are to put on. It says this, And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. As I was thinking about that this week, I was reminded of Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says, The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. And the construction of the Greek language of that paragraph says that out of love comes joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. You see the parallel between Galatians 5, 22 and 23 and what we've just read? Most of those qualities are repeated or stated in both. And there is a definite parallel. And out of love flows all of these other positive attitudes and behaviors. It is the love that the Lord puts in our hearts. It says the love of God is shed abroad. It is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And as we allow God to control our lives, love will flow out of us. And it will be demonstrated in these ways that we have just talked about. So, how do you know whether you really love people or not? Well, check the list. Am I compassionate? Am I kind? Am I humble? Am I gentle? Am I patient? Do I forgive people? If those are seen in my life, then that's pretty good evidence of the fact that God's love is working in my life and through me. If they're not, that's something I need to deal with. So the grace of Christ is one motivation for serving the Lord and putting on this new wardrobe. The second motivation is the peace of Christ. Verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. The peace of Christ ruling in our hearts. The word rule comes from a word that really was sort of a word that was connected with athletic competition. Uh, the idea is, if you will, let it act as umpire in your life. Let the peace of Christ. Jesus said, peace I give to you. And when the peace of Christ rules in our hearts, we are at peace with our relationships. If I have a sense of peace with God, then I'll be motivated to make peace with people. And uh, he says that's one of the things that should motivate us to put on this new set of clothing. Not only the grace of Christ, but the peace that Jesus gives. And then the third is the word of Christ. Verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts 
to God. Let the word of Christ dwell in your heart. The word dwell there means to settle down and be at home. And as I thought about that this week, I thought, I need to actually take some time to think about the words of Christ if they're going to dwell in my heart. You know, too often we have our Bibles, but they sit at home all week, and we don't think about what what has Jesus said. We don't, on a regular basis, visit our Bibles, if you will, and think about what the Lord has told us. Now, we do it on Sundays when we come to church, but the rest of the week, we, it doesn't really enter our heads too much. He says we need to let his words actually settle down and dwell in us. And when we do, then his words become central to all we do. Mm. In other words, when something comes up in my life, the first thing I would think about rather than the last thing is, well, what did the Lord say? What did the Lord say about it? That is letting the word of Christ dwell in you. And he says, let it dwell in you richly or abundantly. The fourth motivation for putting on this new wardrobe is the name of Christ. Verse 17, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. There are two ideas, I think, that go with this. The first is the idea of identification. Late in the first century, Followers of Christ became known as Christians. They began to bear his name. And because they carried his name and identified with him, they were persecuted. And many of them were martyred or put to death. And so it's the idea of identifying with Christ. Identifying when we say his name. It's an identification with him. The second principle is one of authority. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20 said, uh, you receive, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And lo, I'm with you always. He says, I've given you all authority in heaven and in earth. Therefore, go. All power, all authority. So if we bear his name, there is identification, and there is doing things as his representative, under his authority. If we bear his name, we represent him. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.20, Now we are ambassadors for Christ. What does an ambassador do? Well, he represents for instance, the United States of America, if he's ambassador to China, he would represent the United States government to the government of China. And we are told that we are ambassadors for Christ as well. And therefore we are to represent him 
And we go under his authority, not our own. And then he says this, give thanks to God the Father through him. Give thanks to God the Father through him. Ephesians 5, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is interesting in both passages, the idea of giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And he tells us in verse 16, as we let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Well, as we think about these reasons for changing our behavioral wardrobe today, some questions for us. Number one, have you changed your clothes? Obviously, I'm speaking of spiritual clothing. Have you put off the attitude and behaviors of the old life and put on the attitudes and behaviors of the new life? This is a process. And this exchange of clothing doesn't necessarily happen overnight. The desire does. But the actual changing of attitudes and behaviors can take some time because we've been so locked in to doing it our way for so long. And this change comes as we fellowship with the Lord Jesus on a daily basis. So maybe I should be more accurately say, are you in the process of changing your clothing? Number two, have you allowed God's grace to motivate you? He mentions thanksgiving in this text. If we are thankful people, we will be motivated to live for the Lord. Do you take time to think about all that God has done for you? Do you make time to do that? If you do, you'll be a thankful person. And you'll be motivated to put off the old and put on the new. Does peaceful describe you? Does the peace of God rule in your heart? This is all about relationships. Our relationships with other people. Do they see us as being peaceful or agitated? Do they see us as being peaceful or unhappy and ticked off most of the time? Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. That's not a suggestion. It's a command. Again, this comes out of relationship with the Lord. As I spend time with the Lord and 
during the week, I find that peace in my life is one of the results of that. And not only a sense of inner emotional peace, but the ability to live peacefully with people around me. Does the word of Christ dwell in your heart? Do you spend time meditating on Jesus and his words? Do his words, have they found a home in your heart and mind? And then finally, how well do you represent the Lord Jesus Christ? We are ambassadors for him. What kind of ambassadors are we? How accurately do we represent our Lord to people in our world? Lord, we are grateful to you that you've given us these truths. And Lord, we don't live in a vacuum. We relate every day to people in our world many of whom don't know you. And Lord, we realize that we need to change. We need to be more like Jesus. And we know that that's possible. Help us to be motivated this week as we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. And I ask this in his name. Amen.